Hello and welcome to the very, very first episode of Delightful Descent. This is this is very exciting and th this is a kind of episode zero. So this is going to be me talking about the series and my own stuff so you can get a feel for what it is and what we're going to be doing. I'm doing this really because I'm interested in having in challenging the ideas and the thoughts that are holding people back and i'm interested in the people that are doing that work and i'm interested in modeling that and showing that for you so you can figure out where you might be able to do things better but also so you can build that ability in yourself and this ability to do it in a way that really is delightful that's welcomed rather than feels like a negative thing and a challenging thing because for me that's 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 a really important part of it if if we can phrase things in positive ways and work with the people who we want to who we whose assumptions we really want to challenge we can actually move things forward without conflict and that's a really big part of this so yeah this idea of delightful dissent of challenging how things are but doing so in this, in this positive way and creating positive change is really really important to me because the way that we think affects the way that we the way that we act and it enables us to do more stuff if we can think in freer and more open and more effective ways so this is a this is a co-creation. This is an open open space, and as part of the audience, I'd really, really be grateful if you could engage as well. You'll notice if you're watching this live on YouTube, there's the op opportunity to add comments. So, if you are watching live, then please do add comments. There'll be space at the end for us to chat about them as well, so we can explore that. But in future episodes. You'll also get the opportunity to share comments beforehand that we can get to if you can't watch it live. And you can always add comments afterwards and, and me and the guests will be able to follow up with you. So do comment, do engage as much as possible and enjoy this, uh, enjoy this hour. So today, as I said, it's going to be a little bit different to how we normally work. Normally, I'm going to be interviewing someone else. Today, because it's the first one and because... I didn't really feel that it was okay to ask people to do something I hadn't done before myself. Uh, I'm going to be interviewed by uh, by my friend Remini, who is doing really, really interesting work around customer advocacy and building relationships in business. And that's a really important thing to me as well, This this idea of working from a place of relationship rather than working from a place of transactionality is a really, really big theme for me as well. And so I was really keen to have her perspective and her interviewing me and finding out where this fits in for you as well. So today she's kind of hopefully going to be able to play the role a little bit of you as audience helping helping ask the questions that I I, I neatly gloss over um, when I'm talking about this stuff and engage uh, in, in a more complete way. Um, so just as a quick summary for me, uh, if you don't know me, um, yeah, uh, that's, uh, I, I work with, uh, I, I co-create opportunity and resilience with people who do the same for others. And, that is one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to uh, Remini as well, because she is one of those people. 
Uh, and so I want to bring as many people doing this, exactly this stuff together as possible and build this as a practice. So what I'd like to do now is hand over to Remy, um, to, yeah, to, to, to well, who's thing? <laughs> Thank you very much, Matthew. And I'm sorry, I've suddenly had a coughing fit. It was a terrible kickoff. So I'm sorry about that. But hopefully I'll be able to not <coughs> do this. Anyway, um thank you. Sorry. <coughs> oh no. Would you like a break? Should we can second? Let me just let me just mute for a second. Sorry. Yes. So so one of the things about this whole um whole series is it's live and part of the reason I wanted it to be live is it's about being good not perfect and it's also about being embodied and you know we 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 are human and sometimes we're not physically a hundred percent and I really wanted to engage with how we can work with that and how we can be in that space and be present to ourselves so you know I think it's 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 great that that we can experience that and and feel that in this moment so hopefully it won't be too off-putting to you and we'll work with it rather than against it so um hopefully uh Remini, if you're good to go then we can uh we i'm, can, not, we can go I'm not hopefully dying i'm terribly sorry about that cool i had a chest infection earlier and i'm now getting over it but anyway here i am thank you and thank you so much for having me on um on the first the first um episode it's fantastic and it's really it's really interesting what you're doing and i think it's really interesting for us to be able to explore that and to kind of get to the nub of why you're doing this webinar so i would you know first like to understand more about you and what you do and and so that the listeners can then hear more about the kind of work that you do and who you work with mm, thank you so yeah so so my work is really about exploring this edge and exploring into uncertainty and about building the capacity to do that and working with people who already do that as a significant part of their work so for me, one of the really interesting things is there's, there's a domain of work that's really been kind of slightly neglected, really slightly overlooked, which is this, this exploratory stuff, this capacity building. It's, it's generative and it's regenerative. Uh, and often when we think about you know, work, it's all about doing and acting on the world. And this, this is a very different approach. And for me, it's a very important approach right now. Um, that's not to say it's any more valuable than any other approach. It's just that other approaches have had a lot of time and space recently, and so they they're starting to reach diminishing returns. And it's time for this to to start doing its thing again. So I'm really keen to model this for people and start sharing this practice outwards and and growing this kind of as a practice as a domain of work. And as I said, one of the reasons that I was really keen to remedy is is she's very much part of this and doing this work and doing this work with others as well so it's absolutely perfect for me well i mean that's uh, obviously one of the reasons i think we work well together is the fact that uh, as you say we, we relate in as much as we're doing things differently we're both doing things differently and i think when we, when we first started talking it was very much about it made me realize that sometimes when i feel like i'm speaking and dramming you know hitting my drum I'm doing things slightly differently, including coughing. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but you really related to that and encouraged it. And I think... <coughs> Sorry. The way... 
Yeah, it's all right. I, I, yeah. Thank you. Share your quotes to kind of kick but, off. Yeah, no. I, um, well, I, yeah, I were great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, well, one of, one of the things about for me about this and my experience of this is it's kind of quite lonely sometimes doing this work, um, because it is working in this uncertainty space. You're kind of always doing something different. You're always slightly out there. There isn't anyone doing something exactly the same as you. You know, you don't fit easily into a box, and so you don't have that automatic group of people around you who can support you and in the same way that you might do if you had a more conventional and, and kind of already understood practice. And so there's it's really important for me to create a space where we can where everyone who is doing this kind of work can find that kind of community and that kind of meeting but in that slightly different way we're not all doing the same thing but we're kind of we're working we're, we're working in the same domain we're, we're kind of working we, we share beliefs and principles rather than sharing specific practices of it and so yeah kind of, sorry sorry it was just it's sort of having the, the the courage to slightly break the rules to to and be bold about your message and taking yourself forward and, and, and allowing yourself to actually challenge the norm. And I think that's what you do and you help people feel brave enough to do it. Well, the, the boldness is a, is a really big part of this for me because it's boldness that's kind of the standing out, the creating action. And and one of the things is, you know, this, this stuff isn't necessarily that welcome um, in the mainstream world at school and in conventional organizations. Often, challenging ideas is is not something you're supposed to do and if your you know your main strengths lie in that space helping people improve their ideas and understand things better and find ways to move forward then you can you have quite a lot of unpicking to do because when you've done this in the past you might well have been punished for it or you might well have experienced bad things happening and and that's that's absolutely what I'm I'm kind of trying to do today in this particular topic and in this 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 thing in general so yeah I think it I know you've got a quote that kind of sums up your uh, challenging the assumptions so I'd love to hear what your what's your quote how do you sum yeah it up? so so for me um the the quote that I'd like I'd like to kind of kick off with really is for every problem there is a solution which is simple, clean, and wrong. Um, and that's by a, a, a journalist and writer called H.L. Mencken in the early 20th century. And I, I think it really sums up for me like, when there are limits to our models, you know, when, when there's a solution that doesn't fit reality and how that doesn't really help in the long run. And... What it does is it, it brings me into the, the topic of today's conversation, um, which is the exception that proves the rule. Now, every every episode, we're going to explore a different assumption, uh, proverb or axiom, something that, that kind of underlies how people think. And we're going to examine it and kind of pull it apart a bit and think about better ways we can understand that. And for me, the the exception that proves the rule is really kind of a problem. I don't like it as a phrase. I think it's, or how it's used, because how it's used is very often to mean, so you an, an assumption almost, it, it's like there's an exception there to our rule. You know, there's something that needs explaining. 
And without actually explaining it, we're going to say that makes the rule better. It almost validates the rule by the existence of something that breaks the rule. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense to me at all. And, and that is really what I'd like to explore today. It's, it's, it's so fascinating. I, I studied the history of science at university. And it, it, for me and my understanding is it's those people who have the guts to break the paradigm and, and actually and break the rules. And they're the ones who are the real scientists and the real thinkers and the ones with huge imagination. And I think everything you're saying is, is it's, it's giving people that that courage, as I said, to actually say, right, OK, I, this isn't right. I think it should be like this and I'm going to change things. And mm. they do, you know, people do get punished for it. But at the same time, it's like they're the they're the change makers and the, the people who are exciting. And and I think, you know, what you're saying is is, is actually right. Um, and something people need to just go with. Um, I, I, I agree. I, I think it's 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 something I would like people to be able to go with. And I, mm. I, there's one of one of the interesting things around working with beliefs is that you kind of you can't really di work directly with your beliefs. You can't work change them just by wanting them to be different. Mm. So if you if you believe it's safe to do this work, then it kind of is safe to do this work. Mm. But if you don't believe it's safe to do this work. It isn't safe to do this work, but you can change those beliefs over time. And that absolutely gets to the, for me, gets to the heart of why the exception that proves the rule is such a problem is because when there's an exception to a rule, we can update the rule. We can mm. change our beliefs in the light of something happening. How else do we learn new stuff? How else do we push the boundaries of what we know? Mm. And if, we, if we gloss over that, if we're just like, oh no, just that, that, that means it's right, you know, that, that, just the, the fact that there's something that, that that breaks it means it's it's true, means that we miss that opportunity, and we we keep doing things in a way when we've got really important information, a really important piece of data that can tell us how we can improve it, that's mm. the, the, the path through it, and so so we. By holding on to it, it, it's it's a really big problem, and and I think what's really interesting for me and is that that means that knowledge changes over time and meanings change over time, mm. and actually within the exception that proves the rule, there is an example of this, because when the exception that proves the rule was originally coined, proved meant something much more like tested does today mm. than it did than it means what proved means today to kind of justify the thing and so if we read it as the exception that tests the rule mm. then suddenly we've got a very different saying and a very different approach so it's like okay now we have an exception to test our rule against mm. does our rule still work can yeah. it can it stand up to this exception Yes. And that, I think, is, is starts to be a much more interesting question. Yes, and it, I think it just it's not just work, it's life. It's having those that feeling that you want to be able to challenge things and test things and, and make sure that you're doing the right thing. And, I mean, in my work, it's interesting, the assumption, the fact, you know, the assumption which is core to all the webinars and everything you're doing, but when I think about the work that I do when I'm interviewing my clients' clients is, 
you know, people are getting the feedback from their clients. But I think a lot of businesses, they assume they know what their clients want. They assume they know what the other people are doing and they just get on and do it. But actually, you need to test it. You need to speak to people. You need to find out whether you're doing the right thing. And actually, is there anything you can do better? And actually, I think that's a it's an interesting point. That assumption is you need to be looking at how you can break the rules and do things differently. Um, not spend all your time trying to do that because I think you've probably waste quite a lot of time. But thinking about innovating and developing business and life and and looking at giving yourself time to challenge those rules or challenge what you're doing and looking at how you can do better is only going to help you grow. Absolutely, we 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 need assumptions. You know, I'm not. I, I don't want to to say you know that, but we need to be clear that we are making assumptions. Mm. Yes. And I think it's, I, I, you know, it's like, you know, people say don't make assumptions. There, there are, there is, there's an implicit chain of assumptions going so far back in that statement as to make it really hilarious. Yes. Um, you know, uh, we, we can't not make assumptions. We, we must do to operate in the world and to do yes. stuff. And for me, a lot of business is operates on the assumption that our assumptions are great, you know, yes. perfect, founded. In, in absolutely perfect knowledge and and that means that that's that's good in a sense because it opens up the opportunity to improve how precise we are and how effect you know how um how accurate we are about working in that space and how efficient we are which mm. is great if we're doing the right thing mm. Mm. if we're not doing the right thing then it's not much use at all or well it becomes of diminishing value because you know we're not doing the highest value thing, but we're doing it very well. And Ooh. eventually, over time again, it becomes useless or it becomes counterproductive. It's just wasteful. And, and I think that's one of the one of the really big challenging things for organizations and for individuals is that that our success, how we engage with stuff, changes the possibilities and it opens up stuff, but it closes stuff off. We've done one thing and now we've solved a problem or we've resolved some aspect of this problem. And so we can move on to the next thing. Yeah. And that means changing our models and how we think about things because we have changed that. We've we are actually created that as part of our success. Mm. We're almost, you know, if if we encounter a challenge, a good challenge to a rule, we're missing out on one of the really big benefits of having done the thing in the first place. Yes. I think it's particularly appropriate and and interesting to think about life now when you think where people's assumptions for what 2020 was going to be like in January and and what we thought was going to be happening and our five-year plans and blah, 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 blah. Actually, that's all gone out the window and we need to be, you, all those assumptions have gone. So it's really important to test what you're doing and make sure that you are able to proceed in a different way and think differently. But having that, I think if you've always got that, thought in your head that you can challenge the norm and challenge what you're doing and look at things differently it's probably given people more insight and courage to change during this time because actually if you were so stuck in your ways that you couldn't change and you were scared of that you would really struggle mm, I, I think that's a really important point that that you know when, when the world shifts around us unexpectedly we have to accommodate that somehow and it yeah. changes our rules, you know, our our, our internal set of 
assumptions, our internal set of rules, exist in relationship to what's going on in the world. And so if we if we don't update them, we kind of we we end up yeah, wandering away from being our most effective selves, mm. being able to engage most effectively with the world. And when something as fundamental as the experiences of of this year and uh, to some extent the last few years actually um, really happen, we, we have to spend some time updating. Uh, and that that is very valuable time spent integrating these exceptions. Why wasn't it predicted? Why didn't we see this? What what mm. can we learn from this? And what how does it then mean we can move forward well? And it's not about moving forward as we were before. And I think that's a really important point: is that mm. that that isn't something that makes sense. You know, if we carry on in exactly the trajectory we were on before, when when there's been a really big exception to 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 our assumptions to our rules then again we miss that opportunity to improve and over time we wander away from from a really strong engagement with what is and what's going on mm. yes it, it is so interesting i think i mean one of the things that thinking about your this whole webinar series and the work you do i mean it's obvious to me that you know why it's important to challenge things but if you were going to say to the people listening or and the future people listening why what what do you think that your this series can help them achieve and by listening to it why why should people care and and engage mm. so i'm i'm really interested in specifically in terms of delightful descent in in terms of both challenging assumptions that are out there um that are holding us back collectively um so people can think about things in a different way and and speaking to different people who have this perspective on a specific assumption on a personal level i'm interested in hearing them and improving my own set of assumptions and i'm interested in sharing that and getting that out as widely as possible because it is that process of of continual improvement of these mm. that really moves us forward collectively and i think the more the, the the better a foundation our beliefs provide for us individually and collectively the better position we're all in mm. and it is how we can then engage with the really scary big problems that we see in the world right now and if we don't do this work and we kind of shut ourselves off from them yes we might temporarily give ourselves a little bit of respite but in the long run we will experience far far worse mm. and and i my my belief is that i don't want to experience that myself and i don't want humanity to experience that and and all the living beings on the planet to experience that so mm. so for me that's fundamentally what i'd like to come out of this is is mm. is is for us to engage with this stuff and to engage with our own capability and our own our own power which is much higher than than has ever been yeah. and that's that's a really important thing um on a personal level then it's what i really want to do is have as many people as possible develop this as a practice mm. um and there are the people that i'm working with right now are people for whom this they've kind of already come to this they might not call it that but the, but that they've been drawn towards working in this space and what i'm hoping for is as a viewer of this you might either identify this as a big strength in yourself and suddenly be okay yeah this is this is an aspect of my work i hadn't thought of it in these terms but but this is what i do and equally to for everyone to be able to build this as an aspect of their work 
even mm. if it isn't the primary thing that you do, that to make it a part of what you do, that you can push these edges a little bit, that you don't have to work within the existing set of assumptions and set of rules mm. if it doesn't serve you and the people that you work with and work yes. for. And how, how do you feel that this kind of relates to people's relationships with the people they work with or the people they live with or you know as far as kind of challenging things you can't obviously be pretty obnoxious if you spent the whole time trying to challenge everyone's assumptions but you know if you're how would you how how do you um focus this within the relationships and the categories and the concepts of the people that you're working with and engaging with mm. yeah absolutely I, the i think one of the key things in that is it is relational this isn't, we're not talking about absolute truths here. And that's one of the really important things is that the what, what we believe exists in a context. And that context is with the world around us and with the people around us. Mm. And so it isn't actually very reliable, very helpful to say, I completely believe this and I am going to make you believe it too. Yeah. It's a very different thing to say, let's explore how this relates, how, how my worldview, my assumptions relate to your worldview and your assumptions. And in doing that, then we can improve both of them and, and both be better off and both be in a better, more aligned position to work with one another without working at cross purposes, to, uh, working less at cross purposes. Mm. Um, because that then enables more more effective action um it opens up that possibility to work in that different way so so absolutely this is fundamentally a relational thing it's about the yourself in relation to other people other people in relation to you and both in relationship to the world at large mm, yeah that's interesting um and what about the you know what about the idea of delightful descent? How did how did that come about, and why is that related to your your thinking? Yeah, well, I mean, the descent side is is kind of probably the slightly more obvious side, I think, or it was certainly the first one I came to because there's there's an element of doing this work of challenging the fundamental assumptions, the bigger assumptions, that's kind of heretical. You know, it goes against the orthodoxy. It goes against the proper way of doing things. Mm. So it's dissenting. It's, you know, it's fully challenging. Um, and that, as I mentioned earlier, is something that we're not always rewarded for. Uh, and furthermore, is something that we, we then kind of learn to suppress in ourselves. But it, if it's a big strength in you, then it's a really big contribution. And one of the challenges with something that's been kind of squashed and suppressed is that we don't learn to channel it well. So we either think it's kind of completely unsafe and we, we, we restrict it and kind of strangle it, or it kind of comes out in these bursts of that, that can be quite destructive, yeah. you know, and, and that, that kind of destructive, and then we assume that the thing itself is destructive rather than the way it was used and the way it was channeled. Yeah. So for me, it's I'm really interested in in channeling this dissent, this 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 pointing out that the assumptions are flawed, pointing out the exception and exploring what then can happen afterwards and doing so in a way that is compassionate, that is joyful and, and therefore is delightful, mm. because 
one of the big challenges in, in for ourselves and for the people that we're working with is that our assumptions are important. They're, they're basically our grounding in reality. Mm. And if you push someone completely out of all of their assumptions, they it's almost like being back to being a baby. You don't have anything that you can do that's effective anymore. You don't have any models. So it's a very scary place to be, um, to be pushed into this place of not knowing. Yeah. You know, and it's the exception that pushes us into the place of not knowing. And when we're in not knowing, that can resolve in one of two ways. Mm. That can resolve in terms of existential terror, because we suddenly feel that we're in a, in a bad place. We're, we're in a bad place that we and we don't know how to get ourselves out of it. But equally, it can result in surprise and delight and positive surprise. And, you know, we're in a position where. We suddenly have things that we didn't expect. We suddenly have new opportunities. And for me, it's a question of how you create that for yourself and others. How do you influence the direction so that it is more likely that we create delight than we create terror? And that has two, that's both, you know, a, a positive thing to do, but it's also a more effective thing to do. Because mm. if the people who have a vested interest in the current way of doing things don't have a better way forward, they're not going to let you just knock that over and not replace it. Why should they? Well, it's so interesting because what what you're saying is we're seeing every day with COVID and, and the situation that's arisen from it. And again, when I, you know, I recently did an interview of one of my clients' clients and one of the questions I was asking is the challenges of today, you know, they want, my client wants to understand the challenges of their clients so that they can act better and serve them better. And their client said, well, actually, it's not so much about challenges, it's about opportunities. And things are, we need to be looking at the world as an opportunity. And the world is changing and there's no doubt about it. And it's about harnessing that change and harnessing it as looking at it in a, in a positive light and an opportunity, as opposed to it's all doom and gloom and terror, like you say. I think in mm. some sectors and some businesses, of course, there's no denying they're in, they're in dire straits. But if we can look at the world, the, the pivoting world that we're in, with opportunity in our eyes, then we can start, because we're having to challenge everything we've ever known. And so I think what you're your thinking is really interesting because it, it sort of it encompasses the future in a in a delightful way as you say and it's a time to be thinking about what was but looking at how we can look at the opportunities and embrace those mm, absolutely and i think it's a really interesting thing because you know we're when when we explore this space we open up our ability to move towards the things that we want and away from the things that we don't want and that it's both and they're two they're, they're mutually supportive the more of the things that we want uh, enable us to carry on doing what we do and enjoying it and make things sustainable and let things grow and thrive and the things that we don't want represent um the opposite the things that shut down and reduce opportunity but again they 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 exist kind of in relationship to one another mm. so it's really about influencing our direction and being able to more intentionally go in in positive directions and mutually positive directions yeah because that's that's the really big challenge so it's like you know dissent is about doing something 
that's that's positive for me from my perspective. Delightful dissent is about acting in service. And when I say acting in service, I mean working at the intersection of our needs and other people's needs. Mm. And that does wander over time as well. And wanders, you know, it wanders over time if nothing else in the background stays the same, changes particularly. And we've experienced some very big stuff in the background change. And you're right, entirely. It's, we need a balance. We, we need to acknowledge that there is suffering in this and we're mm. seeking to remove suffering or we'll reduce suffering we're we're not saying to people there isn't you know it's all all roses it's all perfect and it's great and brilliant it's all happened because that doesn't reflect most people's reality and it's it's not a kindness to pretend that there isn't suffering going on yeah. but what we're trying to do is work from a place where we're empowering people to remove their own suffering Mm. rather than projecting this change onto other people. So we're, we're not, you know, and, and on this conceptual level, we're not going up to people and saying, look, I think this, and so you should think this. We're saying, look, this is the space. Let's explore the space. And in doing so, we empower both of us. Mm. We both get better at doing that. And we can carry on doing that well after that conversation. Yes. And so for me, you know, the marketing thing is very much that is, how are you empowering yourself and your customers? That's yeah. the big question. Mm, mm. I think one of the things you were just saying about the, the people and, and challenging, one of, I think one of the things that where we work well together and is the fact that we're not afraid to challenge each other as well. And so it's, I think it's having the, the courage to challenge yourself, challenge thinking, but also being amongst people who you feel and trust will challenge you and question you and you and it goes both ways and working I think again the whole idea of the delightful descent and that the, this challenging and questioning norms is making sure that you've got people around you that you can work with to enable you to do this and mm. and and I think as well that when you look at the world as much as we've got technology and thank goodness we have because that's supporting so much of us at the moment we would be in a very different place if we didn't but I think if nothing else this has taught us that we need people more than ever and and making sure that you've got that network of people who you feel can challenge and work with you hmm. to be straight and honest is really important. Uh, absolutely. I think it's that diversity of perspectives that, that really mm. enables us to innovate on a, on a business level, because that's what, that's what creating opportunity means on a business level, really, you know, in this space, it's, it's genuine innovation and equally to avoid risks and avoid the threats that are out there. Mm. And, and it, the but the integration of diversity is difficult you know the integration of diverse perspectives is difficult and it's difficult on a kind of practical external level it's difficult mm. to create the right circumstances for that to happen it's also difficult on a personal level because it does threaten potentially our internal worldview and if our worldview is very founded on how effective we are and some of it challenges that then that can be really really difficult mm. um and, and I, you know, in, in many organisations, the, the 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 implicit assumptions, the hidden assumptions, which are often the ones that are the really challenging ones, you know, the, the stuff that we talk about is usually the stuff that's okay. Mm. It's the stuff that emerges that kind of falls 
it's it's not so much it falls between the cracks it is the cracks mm. <laughs> it is the gaps um and the 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 kind of glossed over bits those assumptions are often where we really you know where where both the difficulty lies and the opportunity lies in resolving because they're often inherited and quite run quite deep so they're usually not just ours they usually belong to many people around us and when we can talk to people who have different perspectives and they they may have a different set of assumptions then we can we can improve those we can close the gaps and we close the gaps between each other and we close the gaps in ourselves and for ourselves as well yes I mean, it, 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 I, I can't help, reminds me of when I'm interviewing people is, is when I find the, the cracks in a business and those at-risk clients, those people who aren't completely happy, they're the ones who are the most interesting because they're challenging the businesses. And actually, they're the thing, they're the, the people that can help create change and improvements within a business and within people's personal and professional life. If they're hearing the bad as well as the good, then they can improve. And I'm always like, oh, yes, this is good. We want some, we want to be challenged because it can help us change. Absolutely. Ch change happens at the edges. It doesn't mm. happen in the middle. No. Um, it, it's, a, it's a question of edges and finding edges. And those assumptions are conceptual edges. You know, mm. they, are, they are the gaps. They're the little bits that, you know, and, and the work is to find those and, and to, 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 to challenge those and resolve those mm. to some degree. And when I say resolve, I don't mean solve. And I think that's an important point in this space is one of the things that can hold us back from doing this is thinking, well, if we, if we engage with this, if we pull this thread, where does it lead? You know, the whole, whole sweater could unravel. Yes. And it's, it's okay to do that a little bit. It's okay to make it no longer the most pressing problem and then mm. move on to the next thing yeah. and allow ourselves to work across different related domains to, to, to actually really engage with the thing. Yes. And I think there's a there's an implicit assumption that we need to work really focusing on just one kind of one specific method, one mm. specific um, problem where actually when we're when we're talking about these really big complex problems, there are many aspects and therefore many methods that are very, very helpful to use. Mm. I, I think, I mean, you know, thinking about this this webinar series and what, you know, what you're trying to get out of it. And obviously, you know, we've talked about the whole, the challenging and, and the, the delightful descent. If you wanted to get people to understand what they're going to get out of listening to this each week or, you know, however many you're going to be doing, what do you want people to, why should people listen? What will they get out of it? And and how will they, um, what could they do to get involved? To get involved, yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm really interested in meeting as many people who are doing this work as possible. And um, entirely one of the really big themes of doing all of this stuff and of challenging assumptions is that I'm not doing this from a place of me knowing best. I don't have a good answer to this, really. What I'm doing is inviting you into a space to explore and inviting my guests into a space to explore. And in doing that, I'm exploring too. It's not about me being the expert in this. This is not about 
showing off expertise and telling other people how they should do things. It's about co-creation. Mm. And so whatever place you are in this and whatever place on the journey where you have a really important, valuable role to play, and that might be in challenging what's going on and asking difficult questions. It might be in being a guest. It might be in, you know, engaging with this and sharing with this and talking to the people around you about this and how you engage with this. Mm. So whichever one it is, is, is that you have an important role to play here if it resonates for you at all, mm. um, whatever the level is. It's not, it's not like a question of capability in the same way as perhaps you know, we think of the more doing side of things. So there's, there's always stuff to explore here. And to do so lightly as well, I think this is the delightful side of it, is, is it's quite playful. You know, it's all very, very, it's very easy to get very serious. You know, it's like, oh God, you know, right? All stuff's gone wrong. It, it's urgent. It's serious. We're desperate. That doesn't really help no. in the long run. It's not a helpful way to engage in this space because it narrows the options. And we're trying to expand the options. We're trying to open up possibility and mm. find the better ones. If we have to narrow it down and we have to, you know, if, we, if we're afraid, we, we get very tunnel, we get this kind of tunnel vision. So my hope out of this series is actually that this opens up some, some optimism and some joy and some mm. possibility for everyone involved. That sounds great. Uh, just at this point, do we have any questions from the? From no, we the don't. We haven't had any 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 live questions yet. So if you do, yet. if you're watching live and you do have questions, and and please do share them now, and I'll, I'll we'll answer them as they come up. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Um, one of the things, just to go back to what you were just saying about, you know, the the where people might be at and how they should be doing it. It makes me think about when you and I first started talking. I was in a place of. I knew I wasn't describing what I was doing right. And I knew I wanted to change and I was doing things differently, but I couldn't get my message across. And And I think that, I think that's one of the reasons I was drawn to working with you. And I think this webinar and this thinking is something, and listening to other people who are going through that questioning and pushing and challenging is really helpful. And I think, you know, from my perspective, as a listener, I think it would be useful for other people in that sort of place where they know that they are doing things differently, but they don't necessarily know how to get that message out there and, and feel that they've got the right people around them to push them forward to get that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big part of the practice is, is that, you know, we're naming things and we're, we're, we're naming things that haven't previously been named. We're not, we're not assigning things to existing categories. Hmm. We're creating new ones in this work. Yes. And if your work is in this new category space in some way and is to help others find their own better categories, because that's what we're talking about, really. You know, if we're talking about the exception that proves the rule and then we say, oh, that breaks the rule, then we've suddenly lost a category because rules yes. are about assigning things to categories. Hmm. They're about saying this belongs here. This is my, well, my world's nice and neat and orderly, brilliant, can do what I want to do and I don't have to worry and if we break that, if there's something that, that, that stops that from being true, then the next step 
is actually to, to create a new category. And for me, the people that I, I work with and I, the people I really, really want to empower in this are the people that are really whose fundamental space, whose most important space is at that next step. It's like, well, okay, so there's been this exception. Then how do we how do we integrate that? How do we name that? How do we make that something we can engage with, how mm. that we can work with? And then starting to do that work as well, though usually for most people that's 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 then when it becomes back to their client. That's that's the bit that their client does because that's mm. their client's area of expertise. So it's it's the, the challenging is the first step. And it's doing so, you know, and the the delightful descent part of it is doing so in a way that opens up the opportunity to then play with those edges and then mm. explore those edges in a positive way instead of shutting everything down. So so we then have the space to do what we really, really want to do. And so so for me, that's that's absolutely my intention with this is is to is to help people with that process. And the naming is absolutely part of it. And the, the conceptualization, the coming to these new things, the, the feeling out of the edges, you know, mm. the, the what is this? Yeah. How, it's not, how can I work with this thing I've already got, but what is, how can I work with this in a different way? How can I understand this in a different way so that it opens up new ways of working? I think I think one of the things that would be quite interesting to explore within this is is also that, you know, you know that you're challenging something, you know that you want to be exploring these edges, you know you 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 might feel very alone because you are the only one doing it, or you think you're the only one doing it. But actually, from my sense of of this series and in you is almost giving people those tools, uh, giving them some tools or ideas from your guests to help the other people listening to think, okay, I could do that or I need that. Like I said earlier, for me, it's kind of making sure I've got the right people who I trust, who can I can talk to and, and bounce off. And, you know, they might not be doing the same thing as me, but they understand me and, and getting that and, and understand, coming away from each webinar um, program with an understanding of something that will help me or, you know, help the listeners to start to feel confident enough to start to make those change and challenge things mm, yeah definitely a huge part of this is community mm. and and building you know finding that community and for me one of the really important things about as i mentioned about service about working at the intersection of your own and other people's needs mm. is when you can identify your community when you can identify who you're working for that you are a part of as well Mm. then the work to support that community is work to support you. Yeah. You know, we're not separate. We're not working kind of at this remove, at this abstract level. We're working with the people who are like us and have mm. similar problems to us yes. instead of having to have solved everything and be like, okay, I'm the expert, right? This is what you do. Yes. You know, and this is, it's a very different way of working. And that's not to say that there, there isn't value in expertise. There isn't value in knowing how to do things and how you then work in that space mm. is very often how you help people in the most effective way. But the exploration of the space, what it is and finding new ways is, is, is a different thing. And that's, that's much more the co-creation and that's how you help yourself as you help other people. And mm. different people have different skills so they can do different things in that space too. Mm. Mm. 
I think I think that's great, um, and I think it's important to have a have a space that you feel safe to come to and build that build that kind of knowledge and strength to be able to be making change. and And now is the time for innovation, and now is the time for challenging the norm because the norm is going. You know, I mean, so many of the big assumptions that we relied on have have, have dissolved in the last. You know, and it's not. It's not just this year. It, it's an ongoing thing. There's been a lot of rate of change and technology change and change in organisations. And I primarily work with people around their work. Mm. You know, I, whilst this does extend to purpose and someone's whole life, and my intention is really to help people join the two together to to create a mutually beneficial relationship where they are the same thing, where there isn't that differentiation, where they're in balance, in mutually supportive balance, rather than in kind of trade-off and tension with each other. That is one of the things I intend to do for people. Mm. Um, That what we think of as work, what that concept is, has been challenged, and we haven't necessarily updated how we're working with it yet. So, you know, if you think about, for many of us, at the, even at the start of our career, the assumptions around what organisations were were rapidly changing. And certainly probably in the previous generation and for some of the people who were leaving that workplace when we joined, the assumption was that they would work in that one place for their entire lives. Yeah. And for us, may, maybe we were thinking, okay, well, I'll join this organisation and I'll join another organisation and that, that they'll kind of meet my needs and do this for me. And instead what we're seeing is organizations themselves are struggling and we're seeing many many more people moving finding it better to work for themselves or working micro businesses you know working really small organizations and it's not that they're startups necessarily in the sense that they're going to hyperscale and grow and grow and grow it's actually that they're they're just better they do what they do better in in a small group Mm. and that can be very very successful and very powerful but that means that there are some needs that that extend beyond that organization that didn't previously and one of those big ones is that community and that diversity of skills and I think for me one of the really interesting things is if we think of ourselves as a community working in that space is how we can then you know challenge those assumptions about what work is what it means how we work and how we work in the future and how we use the amazing tools that technology brings us but to do that for positive benefit. And so it's all of these things kind of wrapped up in themselves and and challenging our own assumptions and challenging other people's assumptions as we go Mm. and as we do this. Yes, absolutely. It's it's ensuring that humanity is is surrounding everything that we do using the technology and and working together to make change. Yeah, completely. And making sure that the things that we do create institutionally, technologically are in service of us mm. as humanity yeah. and i think you know one of one of the big assumptions i'm interested in challenging is that the things that we create are too big you know that the market the money market is not a natural thing bigger than humanity it's created by humanity we can use it in service of humanity we don't need to abandon all of the tools of capitalism to be able to look after people and do so in a compassionate way but we yeah. do need to abandon the assumption that capital is above humanity yeah and so instead of a creation of us Mm. and that you know really challenging those fundamental implicit assumptions I think is where I'd where I'd like to get to in this work where I really want to ultimately get to which which kind of loops us back around to exactly what you were saying at the beginning it's the small assumptions eventually 
break the paradigm down and change the paradigm. Mm. And my work is one of one of the ways I describe what I'm interested in is adaptive transformation. So what I mean by that is that that we sense a need for qualitative shift. We sense a need for transformation, for real profound change. But we're working with something that's alive, that, that has a life of its own. And that might be an individual person. If you're a coach or a therapist, it might be an organization. Um, it might be a group or a, a section of society. But what we can't do is just build that from scratch. We can't turn it off then on again. We can't start again. So instead, what we're doing is we're transitioning, you know, we, 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 we're, we're adapting to result in real profound quantitative qualitative change. And for me, that's the kind of paradigm shift that, that we're talking about creating and the, the shift in understanding that enable that. Yes. I think that probably brings us to a good point to start to wrap up because yeah. of time and, and things. But so it'd be really interesting just to kind of find out, you know, from your perspective, what the, what, if people want to listen more, what they should be, when when's the next show, what, how they can involved, et cetera. So I'll hand back to you. Thank you. Yeah. And th thank you so much, Romani, for, for hosting and for, for such, for such Sorry, great not questions. At <laughs> not at all. No, it's, uh, it's fine. It's, uh, that's, this, is, this is an exploration and, and you can't expect everything to go smoothly in an exploration. That's the point. Um, it's all, it is all really live, um, you know, and, and that, that matters. That's part of this work. Yes. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, but with that in mind, yeah, this, uh, I'm, I'm planning to run these pretty much every week. Um, reality and, uh, and, and the, uh, the unexpected allowing, um, however, that said, there was already some unexpected in this. So tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's episode one, and I'm, I'm going to be speaking to, uh, to Rowena Garrett uh, about the assumption that nature is a luxury. Uh, if you would like to join us, it's going to be again at 1 p.m. tomorrow in the same place. Uh, there'll be some links shared. Uh, you can find all of my events on LinkedIn. You can find them all on the YouTube channel. Uh, and you can also find them on my website, matthewbellringer.com. So do have a look at those and uh, and join up. And the following week, very excitingly, I'm going to be talking to Remini. Um, we're going to be swapping seats, as it were. Uh, and I'm going to be interviewing her uh, around her topic. So is it, would you like to give us a very quick summary of what you, you're going to be talking to next week? Well, I um, well, in a nutshell, I, I turn clients into advocates, and part of what I do is I challenge the idea that new business and marketing traditionally, um, and the the ever quest of every business to get new clients, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, isn't always the best way forward to actually grow and develop your business. It's using that human side and building relationships with what you've already got. I believe is uh, possibly a better way not to give up all on new business, but I think it's important to remember. You Start with where you are. Start with what you have. And grow outwards. Yeah, which is a you know similar me me message in many ways. So yeah. as a as an ending for this point, uh, an ending for this this episode, I think that's that's a really good point to end. So please do you know like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, more than anything, though, um, I, I really want to hear from you. Um, get in touch if you think you might like to be a guest, even if you're not sure, or um, if you've got 
questions or your own perspective on anything that we've said today, I'd, I'd really love to hear from you and to carry on this conversation further, because really for me, this is a community conversation. You are the community and, and this, is a, this is a big collective conversation that moves things forward. So thank you very much for watching. Please do tune in tomorrow at 1 p.m. for the next episode and next week for Remini's episode. And yeah, I hope to see you very soon. So thank you very much and uh, goodbye. Thank you.